everybody so welcome back to tomboy official um we're still talking about gender dysphoria we're somewhat speaking about it still um and you know we've gone through a lot of definitions we've gone through a lot of information about um you know just in general what interventions look like and the process of um you know, some difficulties coming up with interventions lately and support and things like that. So um, there are some kind of resources that I would say are somewhat helpful for people. And I'm going to talk about those. And then I'm also going to talk about um, what, what is it called? Like, um, I, I mentioned before ISTDP. That's a type of therapeutic intervention. Um, ISTDP stands for Intensive Short-Term Dynamic Psychotherapy, looking at um, looking at um, sorry, the neighbors are testing cars. Looking at um, defense mechanisms and how they come up and kind of make it so that a person isn't really able to fully accurately work on their their own um like processing of emotions and difficult kind of situations that come up that are distressing um and how people kind of end up falling into the same patterns um ISTDP can be very helpful for that um, and kind of identifying defenses that come up and helping a person be able to recognize what's happening, recognize the patterns leading to the defenses, and then um, working on the defenses as well as um, the patterns, as well as um, different distress um, experiences, if that's mental, like in the mind, um, negative thoughts, negative um kind of internal dialogues that can be negative a lot of um, thinking that can be negative as well as emotions that can be negative um, and different types of feelings that people don't maybe want to experience Um, so I wanted to talk a bit about kind of what that looks like and um in general, I would say, like, when someone needs a type of support, I'm not sure if these support sources work outside of the U.S., but I would say one helpful support app for people is called Seven Cups. Um, so, I don't think I have the app on me, actually, but I'm scrolling, looking... Um, Seven Cups is basically an app that is a peer support app. And so the people that are helping the ones who are like logging in to get assistance, um, it's like a peer run site. So these people might not be actual licensed clinicians or professionals or doctors, um, but, you know, they're there to support people. Um, 
so a person who wants support, you know, they they can usually find different areas where they can ask for support. So there's a section for LGP, LGBTQ. Um, there's a section for social anxiety. There's a section for depression. There's a section for trauma. Um, <clears throat> there are all these different types of sections where a person can say, you know, there's a bot that basically checks and says, like, you know, like, we're, we're waiting for the next available person to help you. Like, what's your what's the issue that's coming up for you? And you can type in whatever it is, like um, gender dysphoria or anxiety or something like that. And then whoever's next available will be assigned. You can you can filter like age ranges, genders, different backgrounds of the person that's going to help you. Um, and you can also pick based on category. And there's also another option where you can go in and scroll and search through the available people and you can look to pick one of them. Um, I would say um, from testing this app, I would say it's a good app. But if you're really, really needing a lot of support right away, it's not always going to be like 100% on point. So sometimes, you know, when I've tested it and using like, you know, questions like, okay, LGBT concerns or like relationship issues or something like that, a lot of times they might not have the LGBT support person or someone who understands that. So that can be difficult, but you know, some of them seem to be uh, pretty open-minded, at least for the majority, um, willing to listen, willing to understand, just trying to get like a better um, understanding of the situation that's happening and going on versus, you know, and trying to help you versus, you know, being judgmental or being like, sorry, I can't help you because I'm not gay or something like that. So um, that might come up or there might be... Um, people who can help talk about anxiety and you know just someone that'll listen on the other end and this is texting a lot of it's typing texting um as far as I know I didn't see audio on there um and then there is an actual feature to buy it to purchase I think four weeks of paid therapy um I would say this app is better to use for free that's my own personal opinion if you want to pay for the therapist on an app, I feel like the ones through BetterHelp might be a better option. Um, just because the Seven Cups app is a little bit uh, like sometimes it'll lose your messages. So you're not like so if you send a message to a therapist, it'll get through. But if you don't like say if you wanted to save the whole conversation to come back to it like at a later time sometimes it only saves like small bits of of the conversation and you've already paid for all that um so you can't go back and like look it up and I know this is on the app so it might be different if it's on the desktop but I would say that's kind of a downside in my own personal opinion um another um thing is that it's it's really overpriced um I want to say it's over a hundred dollars for for one week um I think BetterHelp is as well but I just feel like the BetterHelp app is a little um better than the actual paid therapy on seven cups so for BetterHelp I think you can get like a free trial I could be wrong 
But for seven cups, there's there there's the free section where you don't have to pay for therapy at all. And they also have the groups. Um, and then they also have kind of like little goals for the day of like whatever you're working on, like or positive thinking, little quotes and affirmations and stuff. Mindfulness, little sections. And this is a completely free app unless you decide to pay for the therapy. Now, I'm not going to say that the therapy on there isn't good i would just say that the app is a little glitchy but it's not that bad honestly if you had only ever used seven cups i would say it's better it's better priced than some of the other online therapies um and it's kind of more casual to use and i do really like that it has that free feature there's also better help so better help is licensed clinicians that are on there um and you pay for therapy per week or month or so um and so i would say the comparison between those therapists would be um the therapists seem to be equally you know capable to support and help with situations um one thing that i don't like about online therapies um and you know in general is you know something that I you know I've I I mean I work in therapy so I kind of understand this but I I kind of don't like the aspect of people providing worksheets to you when they haven't developed rapport you know there was somebody I came across that was um um let me see they were just like fill out this whole it was like an assessment almost about yourself and then after you fill that out it was like okay now here's a here's a worksheet to work on this is the main problem here's the worksheet and it's like they weren't even really kind of talking they were just like here's a worksheet fill it out oh I see you pick number seven and number two um here's another worksheet for that and then like uh, and it's kind of like you're kind of just doing it yourself and this person you already paid them and so it's kind of like, to me, it was kind of just like, this is what I paid for. Like, I could have just Googled this, you know, just tell me the worksheets, I'll Google them myself, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, I was kind of just like, that's, it was kind of off-putting. Um, and you can talk to the therapist if you don't want to talk to, like, if you don't want to see them anymore. I believe BetterHelp has the option to switch therapists if you're not interested. Um, I think they do, BetterHelp does have a video option a text option and i think like a call option seven cups i'd have to double check if it has that let me see if i can log back into it and see what it has but um i would say online therapies are becoming a very useful thing for people let me see. Oh boy. This is taking a long time. Um let's see. I don't think I have a login. I don't know what it is for seven cups. And I'm not gonna spend this time to look for it, but let's see. Yeah, I I would say you'd want to check. Check and see if 
the therapy option has a um has the option of chat video and you know audio like like voice chat type chat or um videos um <clears throat> I know better help does and then for people who aren't interested in either there's also two free online support services so one of them is you text start to 678 so text the word start to the um let me see you text start to yeah look this up guys sorry i'm forgetting it it was on the top of my head so it's the trevor line and that's six seven eight oh that's what it is okay sorry i was right but it just didn't seem right only three numbers so you text start to six seven eight six seven eight and it's um the trevor project so this one is geared towards connecting to a short-term support counselor like instantaneously almost or within the next available time for a, a support person to be available it says trevor space this is an additional resource trevor space uh, is an online international peer-to-peer community for lgbtq young people <clears throat> excuse me and their friends and then it says trevor support center um, where lgbtq youth and allies can find answers to frequently asked questions and explore resources resources related to sexual orientation gender identity and more and so sorry i need some water man so these are just things that you notice so you can text start to six seven eight six seven eight you can call the phone number 1-866-488-7386 again the number is 1-866-488-7386 and then the website itself is thetrevorproject.org t-h-e-t-r-e-v-o-r-p-o-r sorry p-r-o-j-e-c-t dot o-r-g so the trevor project.org um and at the top of that site it has the phone number it has a button that you can tap to text it has a button that you can tap to chat on the app itself um or the website itself and you can sign up to get on their email list or you can become a volunteer through them um so these are all options as well. And this is mostly for people. I'm trying to find the age ranges here. I I know this one has an age range. Um I want to say it's to 20 to age 24 or something like that. 
and I do also want to say that it has a time limit. This one on here, it's saying 24-7. We're here for you 24-7. But I thought before that it was um, up until like 8 p.m. or something like that. Um, and so when you go to this resource section that says Trevor Support Center, um, it has different categories, which is cool for this one. So unlike... What I was explaining with Seven Cups or Better Help. So Seven Cups, okay, Seven Cups is peer support. So you can either sign up to be a support person, a peer. So if you know a lot and you're not having a lot of like issues on your own that you're trying to resolve and instead you're trying to help other people, you can sign up to be a helper on there. You can sign up to help people um, and be, you know, have a profile where people are asking for your or getting support from you. Um, or if you need help, you can create a login and, you know, ask for help from people. And I think going both ways on that can be a very um, helpful thing. Sometimes trying to help other people can kind of help you realize different things. I wouldn't say try to help other people if you haven't worked through something on your own or try to help other people if you haven't uh, like dealt with a situation and you don't really know maybe what you're doing. Don't like test it out on some other person. But I would say it can help you kind of kind of delve more into things that you're trying to grow in. Um, so say, for example, a person who no longer has gender dysphoria, but they're like, oh, these situations come up like I don't know, like at a church or something like that. It, there's like a stressful setting that the person is still involved in or something and they want, you know, maybe they can kind of look more like that. It would force a person to look more into get into the support area um, and find answers for other people. And then in turn, you know, they can figure out if that is something that they could apply or not um, in their own lives. I mean, we all are learning. So anyone who's still you know, like doing counseling or help or support work. Um, anyone who's doing those kind of things, I think, you know, it, there's always this joke out there and I, I think it's a stupid joke, but it's a joke that people say. And I think they say it out of getting kind of like uncomfortable with the fact that, you know, people who work in counseling and therapy kind of have like a, not a control or a power role, but it's kind of like, I think people think in that way that like, you know, this person has access to my mind in ways that, you know, they could kind of abuse that. And I hope that never happens to people. But unfortunately, I do know that there are some jerks out there that do that. And I think you should report all of them all the time. Just report these people to adult protective services. You know, if they're predatory types of people. Just get them out of helping people because they're not doing anybody any service and they're making people worse um, and feel worse. And that's terrible they shouldn't be in the field they should i i feel like they should have some kind of um they should be reprimanded i think they should have to pay like a penalty or get charged or have some kind of fraudulent i i think even if it's just a little bit i think people really um rely on that kind of support so i think when there's someone taking advantage of that i think that you know they shouldn't just be able to get away with it and I think that it should be taken very, very, very seriously. So um, I don't advocate for, you know, people who are going to be jerks to their clients and their patients. But I know that that definitely exists. But so I would say um, all that being said, there's a 
certain there's this guy out here racing a car it's always over here um there's a certain type of i'd say support person that you might want to actually get you like in contact with that you might want to actually like try and so the seven cups support and the Trevor line and the better help support those are those are good resources um and there are more but yeah what i was gonna say is there's always that joke about um you know therapists therapists i I hate the word crazy anyways but that's kind of part of the joke they say therapists are usually crazier than their own patients it's kind of like come on man like that's that's really not a cool thing to say and there's a there's a lot of stigma around mental health in general and so you know i would say in general there's already so much stigma um for people to try to get help it's like that that kind of comment deters people from wanting to get help because like who's gonna want to go get help from someone who's an asshole or a jerk or who's not even like helpful in making somebody feel worse and if if someone goes into a setting thinking oh this person doesn't know what they're talking about and they don't really know anything i mean it it sounds you know that's what it can sound like um but so that's why i'm trying to differentiate between you know peer support which is you know, anyone who kind of passed the questionnaires and kind of feels like they can kind of help out a person, like there might be a little training process to become that peer support person um, on these apps, and then you can become that. But it doesn't mean that that person's a licensed clinician. Is it helpful? Yes, it's a different kind of help, though. And it's not any less helpful, less valid. Um, It's just it's different when somebody's gone to school for so many years and learned evidence-based practices that, you know, they're called evidence-based because they've gone through research processes that proves that, you know, it helps a certain amount of people if it's done in this specific way. Um, if it follows this certain kind of method, um, there are a lot of people who got, it got, it helped people enough. It helped enough people that it's considered evidence that is actually supportive and helpful. So, um, that's what, you know, in a nutshell, what evidence-based practice is, it goes through a rigorous research project of, like, years of, you know, um, examining kind of the the processes that are used and the results that, that come out from it and, like, scores and different exams and assessments, you know, seeing how the, how the people changed from when they came into that treatment versus when they ended the treatment, when it was over, um, if they completed it successfully, and then it shows kind of how the results look and if the people are still exactly in the same shape they were or if, if they've noticed improvements to a significant amount where it's considered, hey, this worked. So evidence-based practices are very important and they're kind of difficult to learn without supervision or without support or without, you know, training. You know, it really takes a lot to understand those. And a lot of peer support people might not necessarily use a lot of them. A lot of them might use like MI, motivational interviewing, um, some other um, types of um, um, milieu types of therapy, kind of like rapport building. And there's a different like connection level, I'd say, with peers. Um, So peers a lot of times can be a lot more personal 
they can not like okay you know a patient comes in and then they just start like unloading on them about all their issues but sometimes it's like you know a a a client or a patient or someone who wants assistance goes into helping into asking for help and you know a peer per, a peer support person kind of doesn't have those same rigid um expectations as a therapist would so for example you know in places where I've worked you know the therapist would be in the office the clients would come into the therapist um, but the peer support person was allowed to kind of go you know pick up the same I, I would have clients that I would share with the with the with the with a peer support person, that person was able to kind of go to the house and pick them up, take them on walks, maybe around the block, take the person to a Starbucks, and then they'd have a chat there. Um, and that was kind of the um, main method of kind of being able to get the help that they needed. Um, but you know, ther- the therapist relationship is different than the peers relationship with the clients. And so when it comes to online peers, sometimes they don't really go through even a, um, a, an evidence-based, um, peer, um, what do you call it? Like a peer training. A lot of times, you know, they can be just a peer, like a, like a, they can literally just be like a person who feels like they want to help and they're motivated to help and they want to like, you know, just be there for people online and then they sign up and they do that and they're good at it. You know, it just because a person doesn't have a degree doesn't mean that that they that they don't know how to help somebody just because a person does have a degree doesn't mean that they're crazy and that's why they have it you know so these kind of things you know I think that you know it's good to kind of break down those kind of thoughts and I know that people joke and I can take a joke I'm not that that serious but when it comes to certain things there are some things that just for me just because I work in a certain field where I've seen and heard people and I know how hard it is for people to go in and get help that they need and then they come in and they're in a very vulnerable state and then it's like they have you know people that like I've I've literally had clients come in and they're like oh this is my mom or this is my dad or like their parent or whatever and they're like I'm doing an assessment trying to get like a feel for you know what kind of symptoms they have so we can come up with with like uh clearer information for the diagnosis and this information goes in when they see the psychiatrist after they would see me and you know I'm sitting here like assessing this person talking about different symptoms of depression different symptoms of trauma and then you know you have the parent over here snickering and laughing about like oh yeah they're talking to themselves all the time or like you know, all these kind of things it's just like wow like seriously like you know and then they wonder why you ask them to leave so it's like stuff like that that's kind of like you know it's just it's hard to see and it's hard to witness but it happens it's and I'm not talking about like 20 years ago I'm talking about like weeks ago so it's it's not something that um, is uncommon. And so I think it, it makes it harder too when, you know, people have like, when they're trying to put up supportive information and then, you know, on the other end, people have their families, you know, or other people in their lives that are kind of, kind of trying to hold them back from the support that they need. And honestly, if someone's ever trying to hold you back from, from getting help, I mean, what, what's their motive, you know, really, 
you know, um, that's not a helpful thing. Um, it really isn't. So if you feel like you need help and if you want something that's kind of maybe more discreet and you don't want something going on your, you know, insurance or having people like say if you some different scenarios come up, you know, places mail you and, you know, we've had sites where we're like, okay, the letterhead on this, somebody can Google the letterhead and find out that this person is getting therapy or they can Google, you know, you can Google anything. So it's like if you're signing up for services with certain places, you might get physical like snail mail like in your mailbox and then somebody if you share a house with somebody you might not be the one picking up the mail um you might get um you know they can be like that for like appointment reminders some some places send them by mail or if you're sharing a phone with somebody I mean they're not supposed to leave like you know of course all the messages should be discreet but you know um if I if I call somebody and I say hi, this is Grace from so-and-so, leaving a message for this other person, you know, I might not even say the whole exact name of the place, but it's like, you know, um, people might be able to figure that out, and sometimes people don't want that, so that's where the online support sometimes comes in handy, too, for people who want to test out something, for people who've never really been comfortable going into therapy, or who just want a little help right now, and they they don't want to go through a whole, like, if, if you wanted help right now, and you were not in a crisis to start therapy, and it's Sunday night when I'm recording this, but say if it's Sunday night, and you sign up online Monday morning, you're very likely not going to see somebody Monday, you're very likely not going to see somebody Tuesday, and so you know, online support is very helpful because you can, you can talk to somebody more immediately about what you're going through. And hopefully, um, these sites are getting more packed and crowded, but usually it should be within the same day that they're contacting you back. Um, so the cool thing about the text support is, and there's one, there's another one. Um, so six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight, text start to six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight. Um, there's a 24 hour crisis support line. It's not always only for crises, 110%, but they can also help too. It's 741741. And there are two words you can text, but only text one of them at a time. Either, either the word home or the word courage. So text home to 741741 or text courage to 741741. And, um, it starts a you know, it starts to cue, um, for, you know, you to get a support person to talk to you. Um, they'll call you when they're next available. And so they, they kind of triage, um, they kind of put you in a category kind of level based on what you say and how immediately you need the support. So the, the, the Trevor support line, as well as that crisis support line, they will both put you in in line according to what you say. So if you're at risk of self harm, um, if you're if you're at any kind of risk, um, I would say you know definitely call nine one one, get yourself into a hospital, go to the ER, um, you know get yourself help immediately. You don't want to be relying on these types of not that these apps aren't helpful or that they're not supportive. But I think 911 would be a better route to take. The ER is a better route to take um, just because, you know, they're going to have to see you. But 
also consider what your insurance is. Consider if those places are going to have a bed available for you. If it's like a crisis center or someplace, you know, sometimes they're not available right away. Um, If you've never had treatment or support before, oftentimes they might, you know, get you in because you've never had that support before. But sometimes when you have, um, haven't had, uh, when you have had that support often, they'll be like, oh, you come in here like every couple months. And so sometimes, you know, they, they kind of might not prioritize those people. And it's unfortunate. And it's, I mean, I, I've, uh, that's, that's one of my least favorite parts of work is having to go back and forth with like, a pert clinician or like a, a police officer and explaining why your suicidal client needs to be in the hospital and they're just like no they can just go home and you're just like no like take them and they want to go and and you know they wait all that time hoping that they're going to get into a hospital and then the person who's supposed to take them in is like no like they don't really meet enough cri- criteria enough at this point um, even though literally, you know, it's like, it's pretty heartbreaking to just see that, but that happens too. And, you know, I don't want to try and like scare people away from getting services, but that's the reality of it. And especially with things being so, you know, people having so many, you know, hardships going on right now, things are getting more severe for more people, um, probably more than what we've ever seen before. And so there is more need for these services, but there there are less services available. And so I'm glad to see that some of the online support is stepping up more and more. Like this Trevor line is now 24 hours, which it wasn't before. Um, and yeah, the Trevor Support Center is cool. It has asexual, bisexual, coming out, family and friends, gay and lesbian, glossary, healthy relationships, HIV, AIDS, um, homelessness. I have a crush in school, international, LGBTQ plus, um, well, LGBTQ and religion. I think that's what that plus was, uh, plus religion, um, mental health, self inquiry, sorry, self injury, sexual health and trans and gender identity. So it has all these different cool topics that you can go on here. Um, you can check out the site, um, and it says it says you are not alone. And so, you know, it's it's a great resource and it's free um, unless you your phone charges you some kind of text service or your Internet, you know, charging or your data charging you or something along those lines or your phone charging you if you call. But I really think this one's cool because. Um, it's. um basically just you know categorized and so that's really cool so if you look in the resources um it tells you information about like the definite definitions different types of subcategories of people's identities frequently asked questions um here's a question let me just read one of these um, questions in the asexual section, uh, question three, it says, I kissed my boyfriend for the first time and it was gross. Does this mean I am asexual or there's another, let's go to another category of questions. Um, 
So trans and gender identity, um, you can scroll around on that one. Some of these questions are a little bit more lengthy. Um, let's see. So question three, lately I've had this desire to be a girl. I know I'm not ready for a sex change, but I'm planning to grow out my hair and wear more girly type of clothes. I'm not sure what my parents would make of it, but I can't get this off of my mind. Should I go ahead with it? And then it has an answer. Um, the beginning says, if you feel safe and comfortable starting to express your gender in a new way, then that's your decision. After all, you know that you know you best. Um, further down, it says um, some other questions that they might want to ask, you know, such as are there LGBTQ affirming student groups who can offer you support? Um, do you think you would put yourself in danger if you started expressing your gender differently? Um, this is still part of that same question. And so, um, and then it still has more resources. So these, I mean, this, you don't even have to talk to anybody on some of these apps. Seven Cups, you don't even have to talk to somebody. Um, it's just support as an option. Um, the Trevor line, you don't even have to talk to anybody. Um, they just have this option on here. Um, that, you know, you can, but you don't have to. So some people who might be a little too shy to kind of speak to someone or even like texting someone, because some people don't like texting, um, they could get the support that they need, um, in those ways. And so I think that's, um, a helpful thing to mention that there are these free support sites. They're not going to charge your insurance. I mean, they're not going to show up. I mean, I don't know how phone bills work because I haven't seen one in absolute ages and I don't really make phone calls um, on my phone and I'm on my family's plan. So I never really see the bill, but I don't remember if they still have the calls listed like they used to. Um, so there might not be privacy there if you're using the phone to call. Um, but, you know, if you have Wi-Fi and you can go on the app or if you're able to text and that's not going to charge you, then, um, that's pretty discreet, and you can delete those messages if you need to, or, you know, um, copy and paste it if you wanted to, to, like, an email or something, so that you kind of have it all saved in there, um, but yeah, I think it's really, a really helpful thing to kind of know the resources around you, just so that you know, like, what you can use, what you can do, where you can go, who you can talk to, in case you need to, and you might not need to, and you might need to, you probably, you know, you might be in a position where you probably should talk to somebody, or you might not need to at all, and it's just, like, an optional thing, but it's good to know yourself, it's good to be brave, and not be afraid, if you do come across someone who's a jerk, and taking advantage of, of their power, and their role, and their like expertise and making you feel like crap you know find a way to report that person um but I would really say you know I really recommend for people if they are having issues with gender dysphoria or some sort of issues with you know their gender identity or any kind of stressors coming up and it's something that you're ready to start working on um you know it's good to 
um, take advantage of these free supports because they're there for you and it's helpful and it's temporary too. You don't even really have to, if you're not paying for the therapist, you're, you're probably not very likely going to talk to the same person all the time. Now, seven cups app, it kind of saves your conversations a little bit. So those people, if you have like an understanding that you can come back and check back in, that's an option. But also you don't want to get like attached and you don't want to get like, you know, you're not pen pals, you're not buddies, you're not supposed to be meeting people, you're not supposed to be dating these people, you know, you're not supposed to be, you know, like having, you know, lines can get blurred and confused a lot with different sorts of support services and especially when it's like somebody's talking about all these intimate details of their life that they've never talked about with anybody else and then all of a sudden they're like they feel this connection and it's it's almost really better to just like not not really have that connection treat it like a professional relationship um so you can get the work done on yourself that's the whole purpose is to get your own work done it's not to you know connect with somebody and form like long-term lifetime you know permanent like family relationships with with the support person um that's not the purpose because it gets in the way of 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 getting help if if this person like if they start hitting on you or something like I'd say by all means gosh like that's not appropriate you know they shouldn't be asking you for hey let's meet up for coffee I mean nobody's probably meeting nowadays anyways and I don't know if any coffee shops even open where I live where you can sit down but um just in general you know just general rules of thumb you know you treat it like a professional relationship it's almost like an interview every time you go in um you know you wouldn't like go into an interview and start like asking somebody out on a date you know it's kind of like you can acknowledge that the person's attractive or maybe that you like their style that they communicate with you but you know you don't have to you know fall in love with them and things or even you know want them to be more a part of your life than they are legally or professionally able or allowed to or supposed to be doing um you don't want to get in that kind of a situation so um you know keep it professional get the help that you need but keep it professional um that's really what i would recommend um know your own you know privacy um your own kind of rights you know like no counselor or provider should be holding things over you and saying like oh like if you don't tell me your actual address you know I'm not gonna help you or like things like that like they shouldn't be holding things over you or pressuring you like if you're like hey I really just don't want to talk about that and they shouldn't be like hey you know like like guilting you into like talking about things that you're not really willing to speak about you know it there is it is a consensual type of a service someone's not like forcing you into this um there is such a thing as involuntary like an involuntary hold in a hospital or involuntarily being admitted to um crisis treatment but that's not what this necessarily is unless the things that you're saying alert the person enough that they need to call somebody to come and take you into a hospital um you're likely not going to be going into the hospitals um 
I'm just assuming that, you know, if someone's not in an immediate crisis and by all means, if you are, you know, call 911, go to the ER, get yourself into the hospital for those reasons, um, get there faster than, you know, texting online and things, because, you know, based on the process, you know, you might be one of 30 in line, it might take an hour or two hours for them to talk to you, it might take 20 minutes, and so, um, it might take five minutes, but usually they spend a little bit of time with you, they're not going to spend all day and all night, they have other people that they have to speak with also, so, uh, like, on these text lines, on the Trevor line and the, um, the crisis line, those are the two that, you know, it's, they have, they have some time limitations. It seems like they take about 10 or so minutes with people. And so that's why seven cups is kind of cool. Um, even though it's peer support, unless you pay for the therapy, even though it's peer support, um, those people are usually logging in when they have the time to do it. Um, and they're just there to be open, you know, for you to, to like be there for you. So, I mean, I think, um, that is probably a nice short list of ways that people can get support. Um, and there are a lot of resources that even if you're not young, um, if you're older, you know, a lot of these still cross over the Trevor line. Um, even if you're not an adolescent, even if you're not a very young adult, um, you might still have this, uh, um, what is it? You might still have a, what do you call it? Like, yeah, if you're, if you're not a young adult, they might, they might still help you. Um, they try not to turn people away, but, um, I would still recommend checking out all these sites. Um, just to browse around, see what they're like, see what you think might work for you. Watch a couple YouTube reviews of them. Um, but you know, definitely know your rights going in. A lot of people like online type of therapy and treatment is new for a lot of people. And a lot of people haven't even started doing it up until, you know, 2021 and 2020. Um, they didn't even know how to do these types of things. It never came up. It wasn't an option, even though, I mean, we were capable of doing these things for a long time because um, we do them in other areas of our life, but never so much as now, I would say for most people. I think most people would agree that we're spending way more time online now to get our needs met um, than we were before um, the last um mm, what, like 11 months, 10 months or so. And so, um, yeah, it's just good to know your rights. It's good to know, um, what is okay and what's not okay. And I like to put that out there because sometimes people feel pressured. It's like, if a doctor's telling you something, or if you, if you, um, look at someone and almost view them as if they're a doctor, you know, and it's like, you know, in some cultures or in some backgrounds, you know, if, if someone's talking to a therapist or a treatment provider, they feel like, oh, this person's like a doctor, you know, like I have to do what they say and listen to everything they say. And it's like, you know, you might not know the difference between like a peer support person or like a licensed clinician or a psychiatrist. Um, these things are different. Um, and none of them should be like making you feel bad ever. That's not how therapy works. It's not like television with somebody like screaming in your face and all kinds of 
nonsense, um, all those kinds of things, like, it's, I don't know what else would be helpful to really mention, but I think that those are some easy ways that people can get help within, um, usually within 24 hours. Now, mind you, depending what the issue is when you're going into some of these um, free services, if they don't think that it's something that they need to prioritize, they might not. They do have high traffic hours. So if you feel like, you know, it's kind of a more mild issue, you might want to try them at a time when, you know, there might not be as many people online, like 10 o'clock on a Monday or something like that versus like, you know, Friday night at like 630, you know, like there are times when more people are going to be home and having more free time versus other times when people aren't really going to be online. But now a lot of people are online and a lot of people are on home at home anyways. So that's the thing why I'm saying that it's harder to predict, like, how long are they going to take? You know, they're getting really good, though, with these services. And so even though there is a limitation out there with with support services, a lot of these online services, I'm seeing changes like right in front of our eyes, like in within months and weeks of places that are like changing their support options to offer more easy support so that people who have internet access can go on and just get the support they need as quickly as possible. And in a lot of ways, some of this is a lot more helpful because people have more control over doing what they want to do because they're not bound or limited by you know transportation issues or for even like for example this online 24-hour support um they're not you know you're not bound by time like if it's sunday and it's like 6 30 p.m you're not likely going to be able to call your therapist even if you have one right um and so you know you have these other options at your disposal that you can use and you can test them out um, you can watch reviews about people who have used them and what they, what they like, what they dislike. I'm just telling you kind of my perspective on them. Um, and I am going to record, um, a scenario about ISTDP. I'm just going to have to write out that scenario. I'm going to do like a, um, uh, like a case study type, um, and we'll look at one. I'll, I'll see maybe if I can find a case study that I can kind of go through how ISTDP by John Fridrickson um, is used to for people to kind of help uh, get help, but also how someone could use those methods in a self-help kind of manner so that they can use it and actually get the help that they need um, by internally just kind of like understanding it. Um, I'm not sure how interesting the, these types of topics are for people. Um, I used to have a a YouTube channel called Binaural Tracks, B-I-N-A-U-R-A-L, um, and then Tracks, T-R-A-C-K-S. I think I had some couple of mental health related um, support videos on there. Um, a lot of things that, that I noticed that people tend to not, um, take care of and I'd say, well, not a lot of things, but a couple things that I think are some of, um, very valuable things that people maybe overlook or don't often take care of that you can learn how to develop comfort with it. 
is emotional processing. That's definitely one. That's definitely one that a lot of times people don't want to get into that. They're not comfortable with emotions. They're taught not to like emotions and to only only accept being happy or angry, but you can't be depressed or anxious or like there's certain emotions that are people feel like they're more appropriate. And a lot of times we do tend to base what's right or wrong based on how we feel. And that's something that is a lot of times, sometimes you'll feel a certain way because of how you were raised or how you were taught. And so when you think about that, it's like, okay, if I feel uncomfortable, I feel like this is wrong because I'm uncomfortable. But say like if you're experiencing depression, that's not really wrong for you. You're not a bad person. There's nothing wrong with wrong with feeling depressed. But people might think, oh, this is so bad that I'm depressed. And so things like that, because they're taught, you know, don't cry, don't be sad, you know, tears are for babies and all this kind of nonsense that's like not, you know, babies cry, adults cry, everybody cries. It's it's more normal to cry than it is to not cry. I think it's concerning when people are like, I never cry and it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's not good. Um, It's not, it's not good to never cry. You know, it's accepted in society when people say stuff like that, but it's not healthy. It's almost like if somebody said, I never poop. It's like, uh, cool, but that that's not healthy. You know, your body and your mind and your psyche and, you know, it, it, it purges itself of toxic things. And so if you think of things that are trying to just come out of you, it's trying to get things out of you sometimes that don't need to be there. So if you're holding them in and, you know, it's basically, you know, festering on the inside and not helping you, those things need to get out. And the way I think of it, I like to think of it like, you know, if you if you haven't had a bowel movement in a day or so and you're kind of backed up or something, that needs to come out, you know, (laughs) like it can't stay in there for like weeks, you know, or days, you know, it's like some things need to get out immediately um, for a person to like feel better or, you know, in a safe way, obviously. But um, yeah, like people are just taught all kinds of things that really stick and society backs it up too. And we're seeing more and more that there is a change, but when it comes to mental health, A lot of times people don't even know how to address their mental health. The first psychology class I took in high school didn't it taught it taught about like, you know, B.F. Skinner and Freud and like terminology and a lot of names and stuff. But all the classes I took, um, I think we weren't doing any real hands on work. Um, And I came from a re that's that was worded incorrectly. So I came from a research background and up until grad school, um, I mean, we had research projects all the time. Um, and up until grad school, you know, we, we started, you know, we had like bigger research projects, but because I was in research, we never did anything clinical other than learn about like some clinical terminology, some clinicians, some evidence-based practices, how they came up with their types of surveys and different things like that. And, you know, how their, their therapy is used but we didn't actually ever really learn to do therapy until I was in a clinical program. It was a research and clinical program. And then we started learning the the clinical side of things for that program. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm just mentioning that because, um, a lot of times 
it's not really going to be like hands-on stuff that people are, are doing um, sometimes in this field. So, um, so yeah, I think that's just about all I really need to mention about this. I would say a lot of it's going to be on individual people to kind of go in, see what it is they want to work on, try to narrow it down for yourself. You know, podcasts and, and videos can be very, very helpful and beneficial and resourceful and maybe more interesting and fun and easier to understand and less cumbersome to try to like read through. But if you're, you know, if you're comfortable with reading and stuff too, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, w- I would just recommend, you know, take take advantage of any free resources that you have. We've seen this, guys, where things go from free and fun to now all of a sudden you have to pay for it. So these things are free now. You know, they're discreet. You know, they should be discreet. People aren't supposed to be like trying to like date you and like look up your information and all kinds of weird stuff. And oh, what's your Instagram and all, you know, like they don't need to know that they're supposed to be helping you with whatever issue you come to them with. They're not supposed to be trying to like get followers on on their social media and whatnot. Um, But if they do say that they do that and they do have like a support site or something, um, you know, just don't don't give your information to people that you don't know. Um, these people, you know, online is different. And I know like people are used to using like dating apps and different apps where it's more social. And you're like, hey, yeah, like I'll chat with you in a in a private chat room or something. And, you know, that's fine for those apps. But for these apps, you know, they're they're professional. It's supposed to be kept professional. So on your end, keep it professional on their end. They should be keeping it professional, guys. They shouldn't be, like, making you feel uncomfortable and all sorts of things. They shouldn't um, be doing anything that you that's, like, against your will. Um, they shouldn't be making you feel worse. Um, the good thing about an app is you can technically just delete things. So if you come across somebody who you really just don't want to talk to, um, you have options of just exiting out of that immediately or reporting the people um, you know, when people are doing wrong things like that, they know that they are, and there are people out there, and I'm telling you, I test these types of apps, and I've come across, like, a couple interesting kind of pervy types that it's kind of, like, disturbing, but I would say the majority from what I know, um, and from what even other friends in the field have told me, um, these resources seem to be, you know, very helpful and supportive for people overall. It's not going to be 110% because people dealing with other people, you know, there's always going to be room for error and mistakes and misunderstandings and like different things like that. But it, it can be very supportive and helpful too. So, um, yeah, don't hesitate to reach out for support. Don't hesitate to to dabble in it if you if you're not even fully ready you know go on that on that trevor project website check out you know some of the categories on there see if it's on point for you i mean you may not be lgbt um but you know you you might still you know have different topics or interests um that could be in these categories and um it's just helpful to kind of talk about with somebody so um, even even the questions, you know, that are kind of like the questions and answers um, that are frequently asked and things, it's like, those are still even helpful just to kind of process for your own self. It's like, wow, what would I say? You know, if this is really an issue I'm going through, like, how do I, how do I deal with this? How do I manage it? And then, you know, what do they recommend? What do they say? Really trying to break things down. Um, 
but I'm kind of gonna go into more therapy mode in some of these other um, recordings that I do. They're gonna be more about like, um, kind of more um, thought provoking. But I'm trying to like get some some kind of background to it as well, some kind of foundation to it as well. So I'm not just like talking and it just sounds like like you know like what's that what's that cartoon charlie brown how like the parents when they talk they're like wah 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 it's like i don't want to sound like that <laughs> i want it to make sense because i think you know if anyone's listening to these you know and if they find it important you know i want to at least you know provide something helpful and supportive for people who are putting in the time and effort to like listen to these things um I don't want to make it, like, not make any sense or be, like, complete gibberish when I'm completely capable of making it um, helpful and make sense. And so I want to make sure that I take my time on it for you guys. So you can expect that coming up soon. I'll test a couple of those out and see if people are interested in that kind of content as well. And then um, hopefully it'll be helpful and fun for people um to feel like they're not like in a a hopeless situation and to feel like they have some support and something maybe interesting I'm a total geek about you know science and research and statistics and evidence-based practices and clinical you know things and so you know I know that I can get pretty overboard on that so I would hope that people would just tell me by being like hey you know tone it down um but I really do love um uh, making these episodes I find them really fun to make even though sometimes the topics are a little heavy I find it pretty fun to make the video the the audio recordings and um I appreciate anyone who's listening to these um trying to keep it keep it real keep it authentic um help other people to be their most authentic version of themselves that they feel like they can get to with all the things that you have to deal with just to be authentic. Isn't it weird how hard it is to be authentic? It's harder to be authentic than it is to like fake it through life, which is so sad. But I mean, I feel like sometimes a lot of us are stuck in an environment where we're kind of like, I have to fake who I am just so I can get by Versus, you know, I just want to be myself and not have to think about how to not be myself in certain settings and this person with that person and what's going to happen here and there, you know, it can get very stressful. So, um, yeah, um, I know the stress is out there. It comes up for me too, you know, I'm one of those people who's like very, a lot more likely to try to work on something all the time. Um, but I have bad days, you know, there are days when I, when I'm just like, I can't go to work. It's just not gonna happen today. Or like, I, I didn't sleep for like a couple days or whatever. Like, you know, like there, I have days like that or a couple days like that, but I try to get to work on it quickly. I, I find that the most helpful thing is, you know, when I notice something's coming up, work on it fast, get, get, um, what I need for myself fast and um not wait on it and not you know put it on hold and ignore it and prioritize other things like you know nothing's more important really um there are things that are more important but you know your health is a very very super important thing um you need to have good health 
Um, you need to have good mental health. You need to not have constant, continual stress. And especially if you're, um, if you have at your disposal some supportive resources, um, hopefully that can just make it better for you so that you feel comfortable and more, you know, equipped to deal with the problems that come up versus, you know, feeling like, oh, this is coming up again and then there's nothing that I can do to deal with it. So I would recommend try some of these things out. Um, See what you think. I hope it's all going to be helpful, guys. And I got to go eat dinner. So thanks for listening.